Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will bless the Lord of my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When Job lost everything, his family, his kids, all of his land, all of his property, he said, bless the Lord on my soul. Naked I came into this world and naked will I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may think you have some bad things going on in your life, but if you'll just stand up and say, blessed be the name of the Lord anyway. I love Jesus. Let me tell you something. God will bless you. Woo! Hallelujah. The presence of the Holy Ghost is in this house. And if you want to live for God, now's the time to start. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Ghost. For that is written with the, hallelujah, by Prophet Joel. Praise God. We're going to sing one more. Amen. If I can find it. Let's go ahead and uh, do an offering, and then we'll uh, go ahead and sing one more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're thankful for all the Lord has done. Amen. Hallelujah. We want you to march with us tonight. We're going to give unto the Lord. The Lord has blessed us, and we're thankful for it. We're going to join in a prayer of thanksgiving and blessings tonight. Dear God, we thank you for all that you have done. God, that which we have, we want it to be blessed of you, O oh God. We want your love and your mercy to flow forth, O oh God. We know that when you bless us, God, it's so that we can be a blessing. Take that which we have and use it to bring glory and honor to your kingdom. Allow us, O oh God, to be what you would have us to be with your blessings and your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. March with us tonight. Thanks, thanks. thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Amen. Let's just praise him. Thank you, oh, Jesus. Oh, we give Thank you thanks, you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. oh, God, this is the rest. This hallelujah, is the refreshing. You have touched hallelujah. us, oh, God. You've encouraged us. Hallelujah. Amen. Join in. This is a fun song. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just praise the Lord with it. If you're visitors, we're glad to have you, but we're just going to have a good time on this next song and praise God with all of our heart. Hallelujah. Does anybody believe in holiness and separation from the world? Hallelujah. Because we're going to sing about that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, this train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. Everybody around you got to be holy. Strain is bound for this strain. Strain is clean train. This strain. This strain is a clean train. This strain. 
This train is a clean train. Everybody around in Jesus' name. This train, clean train. This train. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is a Jesus name train. No three gods here. We're a one God apostolic train. Woo! I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Train is a clear glorious. This train. This train don't carry no lies. This train. This train don't carry no lies. No hypocrites and no backsliders. This train, clean. Oh, this train. This train don't carry no patience. This train. This train don't carry no patience. This train. This train don't carry no patience. No men in skirts and no bisexuals. This train. Clean train, this train. This train is clean train, this train. This train is a clean train, this train. This train is a clean train. Everybody riding in Jesus' name. Yes, this train. If you don't got a ticket, you can't ride. Hallelujah, the ticket is Acts 2.38. Read it. Read it. Yes, 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 yes. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. Better and you gotta be holy. This train. Yes, this train. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many believes in holiness? Oh, I'm holy for God is holy. Yes, yes, yes. I wear a suit and tie to church because I'm a one God apostolic and because I love Jesus. In Jesus' name, this train. This train is Jesus' name, this train. This train is Jesus' name. Everybody around you gotta be the same. This train is the same. This train. This train don't carry no division. This train. This train don't carry no division. This train. This train don't carry no division. In every car, no television. This train, clean train. This train. Train, don't care no more for this train. 
This train don't carry no loafers. This train. Don't carry no loafers, no cigarettes and no pop smokers. This train, clean train, this train. Woo! Every car is non-smoking unless you're on fire with the Holy Ghost. This train is bound for glory, this train, this train is bound for glory, everybody around you gotta be holy, this train is bound for glory, this train. Hallelujah, can somebody praise God, thank God that we're riding on a clean train, hallelujah, hallelujah, where there's a train with no sin, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord tonight. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost feels good in this house tonight. Amen. It feels good to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're getting ready to have a testimony service here in a few minutes. Amen. Tonight I have a written testimony that I'm going to read to you. And uh, Brother Lee, I've got some copies here. Amen. I've read this before, but I think there's several here tonight that may have not um, had a testimony, a copy of this testimony. Entitled, To the Embarrassed Man Who Stuttered. A wonderful, wonderful word of testimony from many, many years ago that still rings true tonight. No one knows your name. You came out of nowhere. You stopped when you saw the car teetering on the edge of the cliff with the front tires dangling out into space. A young man sat behind the wheel with his foot on the brake, desperately trying to keep the vehicle from moving forward. Only a record could pull the car back onto the road. His friends had gone to get one. Uncertainty showed in your body language. You knew you couldn't do anything for the car, but yet you came closer. You walked with your head down and only glanced up to make sure you were walking in the right direction. When you arrived at the driver's window, you dug into your pocket and pulled out what looked like an old, well-worn gospel track. You were nervous and stuttered badly as you handed the track to the Catholic boy behind the wheel. It seemed like it looked, rather it seemed like it took you forever to say, I want you to read this. The young man thanked you and watched as you shuffled out of his life, but he never forgot you. He wondered why the track you had given was old and not new. Was it your personal favorite, or was it the last one that you had? What you didn't know was that the young man had been raised Catholic. 
You didn't know that he had been a gang leader in Los Angeles and a fugitive from justice as well. You didn't know that he wanted to turn his life around. You didn't know that he would read your old track slowly and take in every word. You didn't know that when the track talked about the coming of the Lord and asked the question, Are you ready? that the young man realized he wasn't ready. You didn't know that you were the first person to ever make him think about his soul being lost and that he needed the Lord. You didn't know that he prayed, God, is there more for me from you than I want it? If it is real, I want it. What you never knew, the power of a single track. The young man soon visited an Assemblies of God church in Fresno, California, Reverend Charles Price preached him to the altar that night, and he received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. What you couldn't have known is that the past caught up with him, and he went to San Quentin Prison. He regularly attended a Bible study group. His cellmate was a backslider from a Trinitarian church, and he once had the Holy Ghost. The cellmate would watch the others in the Bible study group, but he never joined in. One day, the cellmate received a tract from his wife about Acts 2.38. She had just been baptized in Jesus' name and wanted him to be as well. The backslidden cellmate didn't want the track, so he gave it to him. What you may never know is that the young man you gave the track to read his second track and received the revelation of the oneness of God and the importance of Jesus' name baptism and was thrilled with the new knowledge. He preached his first sermon in the prison yard. Though thy sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. After being released, he went into the army and searched for two years for someone to baptize him. He found that place in Christ Church in Oregon City, Oregon. The pastor, Andrew Baker, baptized him in Jesus' name. His family disowned him for leaving the Catholic Church. He married the most lovely and godly young woman he could ever hope to find. They had five children who also were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. He pastored nine churches, six of them which he started. He evangelized everywhere for 25 years and pastored 25 years as well. His sermons were life-changing and unforgettable. All who have his tapes and CDs still treasure them. You would have cried and rejoiced listening to him preach under the anointing. You would have cried listening to him and his wife sing. His son became a preacher. His four daughters, one died in their teens, the others were involved in the ministry. Two of his son-in-laws are preachers. He had 11 grandchildren who have all received the Holy Ghost and have been involved in the ministry of some kind. Five became pastor. Of his 19 great-grandchildren, those who are old enough have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. The oldest ones are presently preparing themselves for the world of the Lord. What I want you to know is he never forgot your willingness to witness. In spite of your stuttering and your embarrassment, you were the first one to ever witness to him, even though you simply handed him an old track. He's not here today to say thank you. He died on September the 11th, 1994. His wife, Constant, died on January the 13th, 2012. So I would like to thank you for him. You see, I'm his son, Martin Ballestero. His name was Carl Joseph Ballestero. Today, Brother Marty Ballestero is still preaching the gospel, still proclaiming the truth, because somebody gave his dad a track. And tonight... I am here, filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, preaching the gospel. Because when my dad had been drunk for 21 days, somebody looked at my dad and told him, Akers, you don't need another drink. 
You need God. We all have powerful testimonies tonight. Sister Sarah is going to come up here and lead our testimony service and give each and every one of you an opportunity, amen, to say something good for Jesus. Read a verse from the Bible. You've got an awesome opportunity to let your light shine tonight. Take advantage of it. Sister Sarah. Praise the Lord. It feels so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And um, that track really gets to me because when I first walked through the doors of this church, we read that a couple years ago. And my testimony tonight, I've pr been praying about it. And um, I'm just going to go back to the basics and um, turn my Bible to Acts 2.38. Um God has really laid it on my heart the last few days and you know Acts 2 and 38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and the first step is repentance Lord forgive me for my sins and being baptized in Jesus name if, if you don't know if you've been baptized in Jesus name maybe you were baptized when you were younger and I don't know maybe it was the whole you know you don't know but to be baptized in Jesus name that's I can the only way I can explain it is like when I got baptized in Jesus name and I came up and I felt like a new person completely clean completely all my sins are forgiven. God doesn't remember them anymore. And if I mess up, I say a word, I, whatever, God, Lord, forgive me. And he, he, pro he promises he will. As far as the east is from the west, he doesn't remember it anymore. And, I mean, that's the foundation of our what we believe and what we come from. And I just, I know that that changed my life. And to... It took me a long time to get the Holy Ghost after I got baptized, quite a while, a couple months. But after seeking after God and, and there was a lot of repenting I still had to do. And I just, I'm just so thankful for, for my Bible. But Acts 2.38 was, you know, the first time I got the revelation that, wow, Jesus is God. Okay, that's easy. Now what do I have to do? Well, now what do I have to do to live for God with my whole heart? And what's going to get me to heaven? And... I mean, living holy and being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. So I just want to thank God for continuing to deal with me. And you don't know why I praise God so much until you know where I come from. And he's done so much in my life. And no matter what, I have that. He's my best friend. I can turn to him. And he gives me the strength to get through whatever trials I'm going through in my life. And I'm just thankful for my church family. I love you guys. Amen. Acts 2.38, and, and the second she heard him run out, then she heard the door slam, 
And so she called the police and said, uh, somebody just broke into my house. They just left. So they ran the street and picked him up. And they asked, why did you run away? She said, well, are you kidding me? That lady was screaming. She had an axe and two thirty-eights in there with her. <laughs> <laughs> there's amen. Power in the word of God. Yes, amen. God. There That's is. In Jesus' true name, story. amen. <laughs> but uh, my, my, my actual testimony is I was, I was praying a message, and this really encouraged me. Well, this, this uh, young preacher, he preached a message, and, uh, you know, he, he, he felt it, and he was like, he, when he got in there, it, it was received well in the church, but it wasn't, you know, one of those messages that was really, really powerful, and it, I mean, everybody didn't jump up to, to the front and instantly begin to praise and worship God, but it, it was a good service. He's like, well, we got to do the good thing. But what he didn't know is that they had made tapes and CDs, and then they had put it online. Well, this young Baptist boy got a hold of his message somehow. <laughs> and he listened to it, and he all of a sudden was like, wow. So he was praying, and he got a hold of the message, and he began to praise and worship God. He said, i got to show this to my, to my youth pastor. So he goes back to his, his Baptist <laughs> church and shows it to his youth pastor. Hallelujah. His youth pastor listens to it and says, wow, this is awesome. So he shows it to uh, the deacon or whatever that was uh, above him. And he listens to it. Wow, this is awesome. So he takes it to the pastor. <laughs> that pastor says, we've got to do something with our young people because all of a sudden this message is spread all over our young people. And these young people are, are, are praying and seeking God like they never have before Man. after hearing this message. So he said, well, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're going we're gonna to rent out the civic center. And so this Baptist preacher went and looked up a one-guy apostolic preacher that had preached this message. Called him up on the phone and said, I want to meet you. He met and said, I want you to come and preach for my young people. They have heard this message, and we have never seen them pray like this. We've never Amen. seen the Spirit move like this. I want you to come and preach for my young people. He went, and God moved. People were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The revelation of Jesus' name were given to those young people. Yes. There's power. There's power there in the spoken is. word. Amen. Amen. And, what, Amen. and why am I saying all of this? I have another testimony I want to tell. It goes along the same line. What you do makes a difference. You may not realize it. You may think, what, how, this small thing that I have doesn't make Amen. a difference. This one track I hand out may not make a difference. What I do in the church, I mean, picking up trash, it doesn't make a difference. What you do does make a difference, it more does. than you could possibly imagine. Amen. And uh, there was a, uh, a Trinitarian minister that had been uh, that had been praying, and, and he had heard of this one God apostolic minister, and many of his people had received the oneness, uh, revelation of the oneness and had come to this guy's church and said, I, I, wanna, I, I better go talk to this guy. So he called him up and said, can I meet you? And so he came, and they began to talk over over lunch. And they only talked for, uh, I'm sorry, didn't talk over lunch. He just, they just met up and talked. And he talked. He said seven minutes is as long as he talked to this guy, just seven minutes. And he left, and as he was on the road home, and he'd only been on the road for five or ten minutes, all of a sudden this guy's secretary calls him up and says, will you come preach for our church? <laughs> and he said, I, how in the world did this happen? I mean, I, I only talked for the guy for seven minutes. <laughs> and so he went and said, sure, I'll preach for you. I'll come and preach. And so he went and preached the one God apostolic message, and God moved, and the oneness of God was revelated into that church. But he, he asked the guy afterwards and said, why in the world did you have me to come and preach? I only talked to you for seven minutes. He said, if I ever heard God in all my life, he told me to have you come and preach for us. Amen. Let me tell you something. God gets through, and if what you do may seem small. You may only talk for somebody for seven minutes, Amen. but God is doing more than you could possibly imagine. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's good. Amen. Brother Andrew? Um, <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, 
scriptures, you know, Isaiah 9, 6, Acts 2, 38, of course, and uh, you know, talks about Matthew 28, 19. Made a lot of sense to me, but frankly, I mean, I kind of figure, okay, well, just because something makes sense doesn't make it true. Right. So, you know, I, I went to God and I asked him about it. He told me to fast and pray for seven days. So, you know, I just prayed to him, said, Lord, I don't care what the truth is, frankly. I don't care if it's Trinity. I don't care if it's oneness. I just want to know what it is. Amen. And on the evening of the seventh day, I was actually sitting in this very chair. I remember it was the evening service, and they were talking about oneness scriptures at the time. And then I remember something amazing happened. Was <laughs> I was taken outside of myself. And I saw myself leaning down kind of like I was, you know. Saw myself outside of myself. I looked up, and I saw, albeit a veil, but I saw Jesus up there on the throne. And I tell you, I, I could not spoke, I mean, these people were still talking, man, I could, he was speaking so casually and loud, and he said to me, Andrew, I am Jesus, and I came and I died for the sins of man, and I am one Lord, and then I asked him what his name was, and he said, it's God, and I said, you believe that's the spirit, he said, yes, that night I got up and I said, I'm a one, (laughs) (laughs) praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, Sister Bell, Amen. That was beautiful. We love you, Belle. <laughs> Sister Akers. I'm going to add to all this one God scriptures. Still Acts 2.38. And I want to go down just a little bit because it's going along with yep. everything everybody's saying. In Acts 2.39 it says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. And with many other words he testified and exalted. Amen. From this untoward generation. And they that gladly received the word were baptized in the same day, and there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. But then you keep going, it says, and they continued steadfast in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, all this, listen, I'll read just to the testimonies. I mean, a lot of that came from prayer. I remember Amen. when Andrea, she just stopped the Holy Ghost. I mean, he had the Holy Ghost at all. And I'm thinking, wow, boom, he got the Holy Ghost, and she's on a seven-day fast. <laughs> and I was like, I was impressed. I'm thinking, wow. Amen. Then something came. When you're desperate for something to happen, yep. you quit by pa- fasting. Yep. I quit by fasting. Amen. Too bad, don't want you. That's the truth. Amen. Because this old flesh don't want to die out to, no. to, uh, to fasting. And here he was, seven days of and the Lord's thinking, okay, she's serious. Yep. She wants to know truth. Amen. Well, that's an example. He was praying and fasting about it. If you want an answer, I'm going to tell you it's going to come through prayer and fasting. Amen. And the Bible says when they, um, when they had went to, the disciples went together, and there was a man that they had prayed for, and they could rebuke the devil out of him. He had demons. And so um, when the Jews went by, by 
Amen. I'm telling you, anything you need, you go in prayer and fasting. Amen. And I'm telling you because fasting is fasting for flesh. Yep. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person I hate to fast. I hate it. I'm not good at it. I struggle every time I do it. But I have seen times and times and times and times again, more than I can even explain, that when I have a need and I go to God and I do it through prayer and, and fasting. Amen. He does. One time has not, have I not done it. But there's been a couple of times he said, wait. Mm-hmm. And I'd wait. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. It was a couple of weeks. But it's awesome. Because Amen. God knew I was serious. So when you're serious and you need a need, you got something that you need to you know, take it to the Lord. I'm telling you, you want to change? You want something good in your life? You want God to help you? Stand fasting. Yep. Amen. I mean, they go hand to truth. Hand. It does. It makes I mean, you can feed yourself, but it's hard to feed yourself without your hands. Men. You know what I'm saying? You can have somebody else feed your car to you unless you're going to be like a, a dog and rip up the food. Yeah. You water with the dog, that's not no fun. Mm-mm. The hand goes there with the mouth, you know? You go praying and reading the Word of God and you go fasting, I'm telling you. Yep. God will answer your prayer. Men. If people can get a hold of those three things, prayer, fasting, and reading the Word of God, Men. it's amazing what God will do. It's the truth, he yep. Will reveal himself Men. He will help with your finances. He will help with your marriage. Yep. He'll help with home life. Help with your children. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But I can't touch that. I put him through the test. And I, I'm just so excited. When you did the start off with the Acts 238 message, and I love that. I've been praying about it all day. <laughs> and it's like, wow. And, and they're yep. fellowshipping with one another. That's why I'm so thankful for you guys to come to church tonight. You know, may we not have a good crowd like most churches we want. Men. Yes, he is. Yes, Amen. What happened when we were starting the church for a whole year? It's just Thomas, Jonathan, Michael, and I. Just four. And I tell the kids, you know, that's all right. You just big guys, all these kids are angels now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> look what the Lord has done. Yes, look he has. He is blessed. You know, Amen. That's the reason why my son's preaching. My daughter's 22. And that's the reason why they come to church and pray. That's the reason. I don't, I don't have to say, you know, I, you guys are getting up and you're going to go to church. Amen. Men. What teenagers you have that 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 don't happen? Thank you, Why? Jesus. Why? Because they have figured out on their own. Prayer changes. Yes, but that's it true. Does Amen. Make a and I'm so thankful that God does send my support. Amen. Brother Lee. I know 
Amen. Man, me too. Amen. Beautiful testimony, brother. Pray for daddy? Okay. We will. I do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He does hear our prayers. <laughs> I'd like to give God praise just for the simpleness of the Acts 38 message. You look at the other denominations, you didn't talk to the other day, you look at the other denominations, and they make it so complicated, yeah. and they make it so hard. <laughs> and you look at it, Acts 38, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost. I'd like to give you God praise for a man who saw that simple message. Man. Who made, not just made it, he said we're going to church anyway no matter what, but still got us into the church house and let us hear the message and see the truth. Man. Praise the Lord.
that it? Those are beautiful testimonies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sister Sarah. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for those awesome testimonies tonight. I'm so glad that each and every one of you are here with us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister, you got something to say? We'd love to hear from you.
Now let's just praise the Lord. Amen for his work tonight. God, we know your work is going forth in this house tonight, O oh God. Lord, you are the almighty God of earth and heaven. God, we stand before you, God, in awe and honor of your glory and your majesty. Thank you, Lord, for touching hearts and souls and changing lives. Allow your word of truth to ring forth with a certain sound tonight, O oh God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You are right, sister. You're not here by accident tonight. God has led and guided you to this place. I believe tonight the Lord has a word for all of us. He wants us to receive his word. If you would stand in honor of the word of God and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9 tonight. We're going to read from the word of the Lord. Our Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost is given to lead us and to guide us into all the truth. There is a prophecy that came forth that in the last days there was going to be a famine in the land. But the famine that it was prophesying of was not a famine of bread and water. But it was going to be a famine of hearing of the word of God. I want to tell you that our world today has silenced the pulpit. They have silenced the messenger of truth. Pride and arrogance have exalted that which is evil. And that which is good is being evil spoken of tonight. But there is truth tonight. We want you to take the word of God and allow it to speak into your heart. God wants to lead and to guide you. Acts chapter 9 verse number 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. We know that Saul was a young man that was a very religious fellow. He had sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a Roman citizen. He knew about the word of God, and he knew about religion. There was just one thing that he didn't know. Verse number 2, And he desired of him, referring Saul, desired of the high priest letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they be men or women, he might be able to bring them bound into Jerusalem. He was so radical about his religion that he was willing to arrest people and take them to jail if they didn't line up with his denomination, if they didn't line up with his way of thinking. Verse number 3, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth thou me? And in verse number 5, I want to help you understand and to clarify one little word in this verse. Many times when we see this word L-O-R-D with a capital L in our New Testament, 
We're not for sure just exactly what it means. But that same word, L-O-R-D, many times in the Old Testament was translated as the word Jehovah. And tonight I hope you understand who Jehovah was. He was the father of creation. He was the God of the Old Testament. And so here in verse number 5, Saul said, Who art thou, Jehovah? And the Jehovah said, I am Jesus. You see, bear with me in my imagination for just a moment. Moses was standing beside that burning bush. And it was burning and it wasn't consumed. Oh, I want some of that burning bush. If I could just make a combustion engine out of that burning bush, I wouldn't have to buy all that high-priced gasoline anymore. But Moses was standing beside that burning bush. And he asked that same question. Who art thou, Lord? God so very much wanted to answer him just like he answered Saul. But the time and the moment wasn't come. And all God got out beside that burning bush was I am. If God ever had to bite His tongue, He bit His tongue there for Moses. Because it wasn't until Saul was on the road to Damascus that God was able to get it out just like He wanted to say it. When somebody asked Him, Who are you, Jehovah? On that road to Damascus, He's able to cry out just like He knew He could. I am Jesus! Would you lift up your hands, put down your Bible, and say, God, I want to know who you are tonight. Oh, God, thou art the Almighty One. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We proclaim you tonight. We magnify you tonight. We glorify you tonight. May your word be revealed. May your love and your mercy shine forth. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord tonight. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to do my best to preach on a subject the Lord has given me entitled, Who Art Thou, Lord? We live in a world and a generation today. And it is truly a generation that does not know God. They know of God, but they don't know God. There's a lot of people you know of tonight. I know of. I know who Elvis Presley was. I know who President Barack is, Obama tonight. I I know some people tonight. You, You begin to name politicians. 
I know there's some pop style named Britney Spears and and uh, there's some rappers. Uh, when I was a kid, the rapper was what I went around a candy bar. But anyway, uh, I, I know some people. I know of them, but I don't know them. I can't tell you tonight what they eat for breakfast. I can't tell you what time they get up in the morning. I can't tell you what their favorite color is. I can't tell you whether they like a Big Mac or a Whopper. I can't tell you whether they like pickles or whether they'd rather have fried ice cream. I know of them tonight, but I don't know them. I know what position they may hold. I know what may make them famous, but I don't know them tonight. But oh, let me tell you something. On April the 16th, 1988, just a little over 27 years ago, Amen. God gave me a wonderful wife. Amen. And I got acquainted with her before we were ever married. I was asking her some things. I wanted to know about her. I was in love with her. She was my beautiful bride-to-be. She was my honey bun. She was my doll. And I had to know her. Because I was going to get wed to her. And we were going to go places and we were going to do things. And God has blessed us and given us 27 beautiful years. And there's some things I know about this lady. Hey Amen. I know that she has a love for God. I, I know tonight that I don't have to worry about her calling up an old boyfriend on the phone and saying, let's meet down at Brahms and having some coffee. Hey Amen. I know her walk with God. I know tonight that I don't have to worry about her trying to lead me down the path of sin. I don't have to worry about her going over to Walmart and getting a six-pack of Budweiser and bringing it home and saying, won't you have a beer with me, honey? I know her. I know the life she's lived. Hey Amen. I've been with her in the morning. I've been with her at noontime. I've been with her at nighttime. I've been there and seen her read her Bible. I've been there and seen her pray. I know her tonight. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants you to know Him tonight. Just to know of Him is not enough. You see, we're in a great battle tonight. We're in a world that is a world that has a dimension that we cannot see. The things that we see around us are temporal. They're going to burn up with a fervent heat. But the things that we don't see around us are eternal tonight and they're going to last forever. We are in the battle. Satan was created. He was a creation of God. I'm not giving him any power, any authority that he doesn't have tonight. I realize that he is limited. He's not everywhere and he doesn't have all power. But he is real tonight. And we are in a spiritual battle and he is fighting for the souls and the minds of mankind. The battle that he is fighting is a battle with your mind tonight. Because the devil wants to destroy you right up here where the decisions are made. He wants to influence you that you would go down the wrong path. And that you would do the wrong thing. And that you would believe a lie. Because if he can deceive you just like he deceived Eve. You will be destroyed. But we're fighting that battle tonight. 
We have warriors in this church house that are going to war. Tonight, I am not fighting this battle to win because I have already won the battle. The reason I'm fighting tonight is because I am a victorious warrior. So I am not in doubt. I am not in fear what the devil is going to do. I know that he is out there, and tonight he is on the run because the name of Jesus has come to the city of Seminole, Oklahoma. And there's a people that have been called by his name that have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. And when the name of Jesus is called, all the evil spirits have got to go. When the blood of Jesus Christ is applied, the sin is out the door. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus tonight. Yeah, the devil is stirred up in this city. Yeah, the demons of hell are all around us. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This right here is our baptismal tank. Hey man, there's some dead bones in that spiritually speaking. Hallelujah. But there's something different about the way we baptize around this place. Because tonight we baptize the Bible way. The devil don't care how you get baptized as long as you get baptized some other way than what the Bible says. Are you telling me, preacher, there's people in this town that are claiming to be churches that are baptizing people some other way than what the Bible says? Yes, they are. I'm sad to say it. It it hurts me. But there's a reason why the devil of hell is fighting the truth. There's a reason why people are being deceived. Jesus looked at them and said, in the last days there's going to be false prophets in the land. Where are the false prophets? They're here. They're in the city of Seminole. Jesus told us. Jesus warned us. He said they're going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. These false prophets are not standing up and saying, Thus is the weapon of Satan come to proclaim to you and deceive you. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're standing up and saying, I am a believer in Christ. And all the time, they are teaching false doctrine. Because... The evil powers that are warring against the church doesn't want the sins of mankind to be forgiven. It doesn't matter how much you go to church. doesn't matter how many good people you know. doesn't matter how much you read your Bible. Your sins must be forgiven in order for you to enter heaven. You see, the wages of sin is death. The Bible tells us that. The wages of sin is death. But I love God's exception. God's got some beautiful exceptions. Hey, man, he's got the loopholes that the lawyers love. Woo, hallelujah. Hey, man. 
The gift of God is eternal life. Oh, he wants you to be baptized the Bible way God does. Because when you're baptized, like it says in the book of Acts, all of your sins are forgiven. Your record is wiped clean. The past is behind you. All the guilt is gone. When the devil comes back and he says, you remember when you drunk that beer? Do you remember when you smoked that joint? Do you remember when you had that affair? God's saying, what? 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 I don't remember any of it. I don't have nothing like that in my book. There's no record like that. There's nothing like that. Why? Because it's gone in Jesus' name. It's been washed away. When Jesus began to describe it, He knew just exactly how to talk about your sins going. Amen. There was an old song when I was a kid. They talked about, it was, thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, when Jesus began to talk about your sin going somewhere, you see, He didn't talk about your sins being departed like the north is from the south. Because see, if you go north long enough, you're suddenly going to be going south. Yes, sir. But he said, your sins are going to be cast away as far as the east is from the west. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter how far east you go, you'll never be going west. Yeah, you head out east, brother. And you keep going that direction, you're always going to be going east. Ain't nobody going to be able to find your sins when you're baptized the Bible way. Hallelujah. It's time to kick the devil out the door. Bid him goodbye. Hit the road. Oh, there's something in here. Because I had my Jesus moment. When I asked, who are thou, Jehovah? He answered me. I am. Jesus. I am Jesus. He wants you to know Him. He wants to be your God tonight. He wants to be someone that you can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, Oh God, I feel the heebie-jeebies in this place. Would you put the blood around me? And suddenly the angels of heaven begin to flither. Suddenly the power from on high comes down. Because you've got His number. You know God. He is your Savior. You were baptized in His name. Just like the Bible said. I'm not talking about tradition. Amen. I love my grandma. But I'm not baptized because my grandma did it that way. There's some things my grandma did wrong. 
She ate poke salad. It was terrible. And if you love poke salad, that's fine. Some of you probably even love beans in this house tonight. That's great. Amen. Just eat all the beans you can. Leaves more peanut butter for me. Hallelujah. But those things are not what's going to matter when you stand before God. Oh, yes. There's a lot of great and wonderful people that have gone before us that have walked in the way of truth. But I want to tell you tonight, each and every one of us are going to have family members that are not going to accept God. It hurts on this earth. But I want you to know, one of these days, God has promised He's going to wipe away every tear. I'm going to a city whose builder and maker is God. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no suffering. There's going to be no heartache. Hallelujah. So I can't concentrate. I can't try to determine. I can't try to second guess what Grandma did, what Uncle Joe did, what Bubba Jones did. I've got to get a hold of the Word of God tonight. Because I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account unto God because God has led me and God has guided me and God has brought me to this place tonight and He has revealed unto me who He is. God is speaking to each and every one of us tonight. Once again, I am Jesus. My Savior, my God. Maybe seated a moment. I need to teach for just a moment here. I have a key right here. And this key. looks almost just like the one that's in my wife's purse. This key has every tooth cut just exactly the same way the teeth of the key in her purse are cut. And I can take this key and it will unlock the door of that 2007 Mazda 5 out there. But this key won't start that car. Because there's something missing from this key. Her key has a identification in it. It has the right name in it. That when that computer on that Mazda 5 asked that key, what is the password? It gives it the password. 
But you see, this key looks identical. But it doesn't have the password. It won't start the car. Jesus Christ looked at Simon Peter. He said, upon this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. Jesus had a, a sense of humor. Because he'd name Peter Pebble. But when God gets ready to promote a pebble and make it a rock, it's a rock. Right. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Right. He made it pretty plain. He said, whatever you bind in heaven is going to be bound in earth. And whatever you bind in earth is going to be bound in heaven. He says, you got the keys to unlock it, brother. I like them kind of keys, you know. There's some keys we like in life. So when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2 tonight. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he wasn't just some willy-nilly up there reciting from the funny papers. you got to be gray-headed to know what a funny paper is. I want to tell you, uh, let me see if I can get hip here for a moment. Peter wasn't just quoting what the latest tune was on the tube. I may have missed it on that one too, huh? He wasn't stuttering. He wasn't rapping. He was proclaiming the word. Acts chapter 2, let's set the scene what had happened here. I want to tell you something. The church has a birthday. The church was born. And I can point to the exact second that the church came into existence. You know, it was great and wonderful when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose again. But the church wasn't born yet. Jesus was buying the church. He was setting things up. He was paying the price. But the church was born in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them. Now, all of this is significant. All of this is prophecy. All of this is things that have been foretold. Verse number four tells us what happened. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The promise of the Father had been poured out. Go home, read the book of Acts. Start chapter 1 and read through there as far as you can if you have any questions. Love to talk to you about the book of Acts. But they were born here. We find in verse 5 there were Jews from everywhere come to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. 
They heard these people speak in their native language from the land where they were from. We've got to understand the Jews had been scattered around the world. They had learned many different languages. They, verse 12, they were all amazed and a doubt, saying unto each other, What meaneth this? They didn't understand why the homeboys were sitting around talking to them in the tongue of the native language that they were familiar with back in their native land where they were living. They were amazed. Some of them begin to mock. We're going to have people around us in our world today that are going to mock the church. They're going to mock worship. They're going to say, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, he stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. These are not drunken as ye suppose. Hmm. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. I want to tell you this Pentecostal experience is real. Hallelujah. I've seen God do it once, twice. If I've seen him do it a hundred times. When people begin to seek after God and they begin to get a hold of him. And they begin to know him. Hey man, I've seen them get drunk in the Holy Ghost. I've seen them fall out. I've seen them being carried out the door talking in tongues. I've seen them ride home in the van laughing and whoo, hallelujah, the power of God all over them. I want to tell you the Holy Ghost is better than any of the cheap imitations of the world. Oh, they're seeking tonight for something to make them forget. Uh, I want to tell you, you need to find something that will get you to remembering about Jesus. Uh, that will get you acquainted with Jesus. Uh, they're trying to escape reality. I want you to find the reality tonight. Uh, the real truth. The real life. The real peace. The real joy. So they're not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. Well, I haven't been dreaming very many dreams lately, so it means I'm not old yet. Hallelujah. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Anybody said the, seen the blood moon lately? The Lord's coming. So the church was born on the day of Pentecost, and he looked at all these nice religious folks and told them, hey, you're the one that hung him on the tree. You're the one that killed your Messiah and deliverer. You're the one that messed up before you heard the message. Well, wow. Verse number 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely. That God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified. He was both Jehovah and Messiah. That's what Lord and Christ means. But when they heard this, 
Verse 37, they were pricked in the heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I'm not trying to take anything good away from anybody. God draws mankind to him. We walk with God. He leads us and guides us. We have experiences with God. But God wants us to know he has the truth for us. And he takes us down the path. And sometimes it's strangely wrapped gifts. But he is trying to give us the truth. He is trying to get us to heaven. He's trying to give us the fullness of his love and his mercy. And so verse number 38. The salvation message is preached in plain, simple, and in entirety by the person that had the keys. If anybody understands what it means and what it requires to be saved, it was Peter. Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent. Repent means to change, do a 180, head a different direction, forsake that which is evil. Begin to seek after God. And I know tonight, before you can seek after a God, you've got to believe in a God. And believing is so very important tonight. But I can believe all I want to tonight that i got a million dollars in my pocket and it's not going to put it there. I can believe all I want to tonight that God knows my name. But before my name is going to be written... In the Lamb's Book of Life, I am going to have to experience Acts 2.38. And then he said, step number two, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It's plain, it's simple tonight. I want to tell you that Father is not a name. I want to tell you tonight that son is not a name. I want to tell you tonight that Holy Ghost is not a name. All three of those are titles tonight. And there's a lot of people that have been baptized in a title that never has been baptized in the name. It makes a difference because you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your sins to be remitted, for them to be forgiven, for them to be paid for. And then you've got the promise coming your way. You shall. Not you might, not you could, not you would. Not that it's an option, but you shall receive. Let me tell you something. God keeps his promises. You get the repentant business going. You get the baptism in Jesus' name business going. And then you just begin to thank God for his promises. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He, he lays it down, verse 39, for the promise. This is a promise. God's made you a promise. He's going to do it. It's unto you and to your children all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 41, and they that gladly received his word were baptized. I want to tell you tonight, there's so much in the word of God, and it is so awesome. We're in a battle tonight. We war not against flesh and blood. We're against the powers of evil, against the powers of hell. But all power.
all power. Jesus is not God Jr. Jesus is not pint God. Jesus is not second fiddle God. I want to tell you something. All power in heaven and earth is in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the mighty God in Christ. Jesus is the mighty God in Christ. All power in heaven and earth is in the name of Jesus. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt inside of him. God reconciled the world unto himself. That's what the Bible says. The battle of sin rages tonight and the demons of hell are in war with the church because the name of Jesus cleanses from all sins. So many people tonight are going forth and they're fighting a battle and they're losing because they don't have the power of the name of Jesus. You see, sin is a weight. It drags you down. All those unforgiven sins are having to be dragged along. They've got the tentacles that are reaching out. They're grabbing. They're trying to entangle you and entrap you from your past. But Jesus is the deliverer. Can you stand with me tonight? Jesus is the answer. He is as close as a prayer tonight. This altar tonight, we're going to open it up. If you need something in your life, if you got questions, if you're fighting a battle, if you're in a struggle tonight, if you're in a war, would you come tonight and begin to reach out to God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's as close as a prayer tonight. Oh, God is here tonight. He is a God that is as close as a prayer. If you will come unto him, he's a God of mercy. Oh, he's here tonight, hallelujah, to reach down and speak into your world. He is here tonight. No matter where you're at, if you'll just reach out to God today, he has an answer for you. Would you reach out to him? Oh, God, I need you, Jesus, I need you. So you say you've searched the whole world over. No matter where you've been, no matter where you've searched, can't find Jesus is here. Every quest is ended.